Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a good episode for you today, uh, something a little in between the part one and part two of the Robert Thomas interview. We'll get that next one to you tomorrow. But for now, we're going to be talking about all the news that we've missed over the past week because there's a there's lot. a lot of them. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, today On this episode, we're going to be getting into the most recent Blues signing um, and sort of the, the implications behind that, as well as some big injury news across the league. A lot to get into. Um, lots to get into on this episode. We might even have to record a different one with more news that we missed. We'll see. But before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, first things first the hashtag, the Twitter hashtag pioneered by Joey Palazzola and friends came to light, came true. Mike Hoffman to the loo. It happened. Yeah, shout out to Joey, by the way. Miss that guy. But um, the, so the situation, I think, right as it dropped, was a little uh, confusing to a lot of people. I was confused as well. Yeah. Um, so I kind of have an idea of how it all went down now. So I'll do my best to try to explain it. Um, so basically, it's a PTO. Uh, so a tryout for like training camp. Obviously, a player the caliber of uh, Hoffman wouldn't typically sign one of those if he didn't think he was going to sign with the team. Um, the problem is the Blues don't have the cap space to allocate it right now. Right. Um, but because, I think that cap space... Because long-term injured reserve doesn't kick in until the beginning of the season. Exactly. So once the season starts is when they can actually sign him. Um, but it seems like they're on the same page and have sort of like a verbal agreement. So they're bringing him in uh, to kind of practice with the team, get to know the facilities, all that good stuff. Um, and it sounded like he's he was big on playing for a Stanley Cup contender, which makes sense because he was playing for Ottawa during their rebuild. And he was playing for the Florida Panthers as well. Um, taking less money, I think, than the market was kind of... Uh, Kind of looking for him, 3.5 to 4.5, which bodes well for uh, getting Vince Dunn back as well. So all in all, this is just it, – it just felt like all the pieces kind of fell in place for this to happen. And honestly, like you can say what you want. And like missing Petrangelo sucks end of the day and everything he gave to this team, everything he gave to this organization, bringing a Stanley Cup here. There's there's no replacing that. Um, but if you're going to lose – what we lost defensively, I think – I don't. I don't think we gained per like exactly offensively, but it's close because we gained a lot in our power play now with Krug, Perron, uh, Tarasenko. Eventually, when he comes back, whenever that might be, and now Hoffman is going to be absolutely lethal. I mean, yep. we were third in the league last year. I, I would not be surprised to see us neck and neck with somebody for first. Yep. Not to mention that Mike Hoffman is an extremely skilled defensive forward as well. Um, so potentially pairing him up with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, either on the penalty kill or just on even strength is got to be terrifying for opposing teams to line up against. Um, I guess the first thing I want to say, 
a little bit of a. Little, can you imagine? Can you imagine that line of Oh Hoffman, my god, oh my Riley god. and Perron, good uh, dude. Reason. That's a first line. That's a first <laughs> yeah. line if oh, I've yeah. ever heard. Oh, yeah. That is just. Oh, oh yeah, my god. Um, I guess the the first thing that I want to say, sort of the elephant in the room. Um, I guess I want to clarify uh, what I what I sort of got got at on Twitter that a lot of people didn't exactly agree with. I used the words probably Maybe not a lot of people. Yeah. I use the word people who like to be mad at everything. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I use the words probably not the best locker room guy. Now, look, I'm not trying to assume what goes on in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe not the best choice of words on my part. Besides the point, I gave him the biggest benefit of the doubt possible. You know, probably not. The fact of the matter is, there's definitely a character risk being taken by the Blues, and I, I don't want to focus on that. I don't want to harp on that, but there was the biggest, you know, off-ice drama of the past five or so years directly involving him. Um, and that's, that's the one, that's the one issue that, not issue, but that's the one sort of, uh, uh, area of this that I'm a little hesitant on. Um, so just, you know, I just wanted to clarify that, man. I'm not like saying, oh, is it going to be a locker room destroyer for the team? Uh, it's definitely a risk taking to sign a guy with a history like that. Um, you know, I'm sure players, did took took issue with that at the time, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but other than that, I, I think it's a spectacular signing, and I think the Blues locker room culture generally, from everything we heard about, um, from the interviews we've done, and just watching the Cup run, it is a perfect place for someone like that. I don't think the I don't think the Blues really take take a lot of take a lot of shit from their players in terms of drama. So, I'm, I'm glad that you know it's it's two or three years in the, in the rear view mirror at this point. And I think if there's anywhere that a guy like Mike Hoffman can succeed and leave all of that behind, it is with the blues. And I, I do want to clarify that I'm not, I'm not anti Mike Hoffman. I feel like that was important to put out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's fair to, it's definitely fair to question, especially something so big as that, that kind of like shook everything. And right. like, right. Uh, Carlson and like, Everything that went on in that scenario, it's fair to question like the morals of everyone involved. Um, but to me, I I would like to think that a lot of that weighed on his wife and not him. And that's not to say he's Agreed. innocent in this in any regard. Um, but if he's kind of caught in between of an absolute like chaotic scenario that's stemming from someone else, I think that's a that's a little bit lighter than him actually like spearheading it you know what i'm saying and it's it's like if if doug armstrong is gonna make the move on this guy he's gonna do his homework right he's gonna ask a million questions sitting down at the table with him all that kind of stuff and uh, you could say like i mean obviously it's not the same scenario at all but a lot of people didn't feel that ryan o'reilly uh was a good essence in the locker room and now he's the captain of the st louis blues and he drove uh his car into a into a tim hortons so it's it's not to say that guys can't have a change of heart it's not to say that guys uh that once were like villains in the league um can kind of build a new persona um whatever that may be but i i, I will call hoffman a locker room cancer when he gives me a reason to believe he's a locker room cancer with this team right and and at, at right and at no point you know was that assumption made all i you know it was a simple pros and cons uh little tweet that i made and the fact that the only con was an off-ice issue from a couple of years ago is a good thing I, I think the point was kind of missed there it wasn't it wasn't to an attempt to degrade his character or anything like that it was to say hey the only bad thing about this signing is he's maybe not the 
not the the best you know locker room leader that everyone looks up to because he's had his 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 drama in the past. That's the only only potential negative from the signing. And again, it was just speculation, pure speculation. So all that was was an attempt to say the Blues knocked this out of the park. You know, the next the next line of the tweet was was overall spectacular win for the Blues. And you know, I'm I, I I'd like to move on and just talk about how damn good of a player he is because oh boy, did they add a a spectacular piece. To this team. Yeah, and because that's what we were talking about, even with the draft and like the prospects and everything. I was like, you know, like I know there's a lot of good guys out there, but really I'm honing down and spotlighting the snipers because I feel like if Vladdy's going to be down for any ex- extended amount of time, we're going to need one. And David Perron obviously is a sniper on our team, but he's getting up there in the years, and you can't really expect him to have the career year like he did last year. If he does, that's great. Um, but you, you need some more on your team for that scoring power with Vladdy sitting out, and they they went out and did it right. Um, but it, it seems like on Twitter, a lot of people are knocking him uh, for his defensive ability and like quote and plus minus and all that stuff. But really, when you look at it, uh, playing for Ottawa and Florida, your <laughs> your goals against is going to be a lot higher anyways. Right. So um, I don't think it's that glaring of an issue. Is he is he the best defensive forward I've ever seen? Not by a long shot. But if you pair him with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, he doesn't have to be. Just put him out to score goals, uh, and Ryan O'Reilly can play the defense for him. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that glaring of an issue to where I would be like, oh, red flag, can't sign the dude, because we really do need help offensively for all the reasons that I mentioned. He brings that essence to the power play, and it's going to be a trip watching him just go bar down ski every night. Right. Yeah, no, and I think um, if you look at – you know everyone's favorite uh, category the fancy stats um as much as his plus minus might not have been the best as much as he might not have looked the best defensively every um statistic surrounding him dictates that in some way he drives the play if you look at Corsi, which is basically just a possession statistic he he is a player that majority of the time he's on the ice he drives the play he has the puck and well he's maybe not the most skilled player defensively that is a very good defensive asset to have meaning when he gets the puck he makes plays happen and you know maybe he's not traditionally like ryan o'reilly poke checking pucks blocking shots etc etc but he's getting the puck on a stick in the defensive zone and he's transitioning it into offense quickly so like tommy said you put him on a line with ryan o'reilly ryan o'reilly knocks the puck off someone's stick mike hoffman gets it in in other teams not getting it back after that. So in his own right, I think he can be a really good defensive forward with this team. Um, maybe that's not necessarily with his defensive ability directly, but I think in the right situation, he can be a really, really valuable forward for the Blues in every zone on the ice. You can look at you. I mean, we can look at our friend we just had on the pod, part two coming up soon, Robert Thomas, right? Because he's not the best defensive forward on the mm-hmm. team in terms of stick play and physicality and all that stuff. But every time, like his zone entries, right, and bringing the puck into the zone, that little button hook he does all the time. Exactly. As long as he's got the puck on his stick, he controls the play, and the Blues control the play. And sometimes, I mean, people say off the best offense is or the best defense is a good offense, and that's basically uh the same kind of thought process that you could use for hoffman as well so something wrong with that at all all right before we continue this discussion because there's definitely a lot more i want to talk about i do want to mention our good friends over at built bar 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even delicious. So you got the you got 18 amazing flavors, including the 12 originals that we told you about for a while, but then you got six brand new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and the best part is they're healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for someone on a diet. Um, if you're looking at, let's say, the coconut almond bar, if you're in the mood for something a little, a little tropical, you got 18 grams of protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We will be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy, I have a question for you. Okay, lay it on me. Because I got, I got something to bring up too. But okay. You go first. So, if you were a fan of a team that wasn't the Blues, and you watched the Blues pull this questionable cap shenanigans with the whole long-term injured reserve and the PTO and the handshake deal, how would you feel? Hmm. I'd honestly, I'd feel pretty pissed, uh-huh. but... Um, I feel like a lot of people felt the same way about like kind of what Tampa Bay oh, yeah, is doing, no, even I, though they just had Kucherov go down. Um, <coughs> I feel like obviously they're not the same level of player, but Tarasenko going down for the team, I think like your star player is essentially the same thing as uh, Kucherov going down for Tampa Bay. Uh, so it does even the playing field, and I think a lot of people don't like that because. You shouldn't be rewarded for one of your players getting injured, but also at the same time, uh, you should be put at like an inherent like disability for the rest of the season just because like your main player goes down. Right. So I think, I think in the long run it's fair, and I think I'm biased because I am a Blues right. fan. Right. But I think if I was a if I was a fan of another team, I'd probably be a little pissed off. Right, and and, and you know that's not to say oh I think the Blues are being scummy. Obviously, the Blues are you know, acting 100% within the rules and the guidelines that the NHL has laid out. I have no problem with the blues because it happens all over the league. My, my statement, it's one of those things that's like, they can't keep getting away right, with this. Right. And yeah, I and get what you're saying. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, why is my coffin signing a PCO, even though any other team could sign him? And then, Oh, cause they got a handshake deal. And then it's a little, it's just, a, it's just a little interesting. And I think kind of highlights, a bit of an error in the in the way that the NHL handles contracts, handles injured reserve, et cetera, et cetera, um, because you know you wouldn't have to force teams to kind of pull these little sketchy cap circumvention type deals if the injured reserve system was a little bit better. Because why does why did the Blues not have access to the money now? But the second that the season starts, they will be able to. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it kind of forces mm-hmm. their kind of forces them to pull something like this, which I think it's beneficial. Obviously, the Blues are, I don't want to say they're a big market team, but they're coming off of a Stanley Cup win. They're higher profile. but They're growing too. Right, right. But in all honesty, it, it's got to suck for, for those lower level teams that, you know, guys aren't going to sign those handshake deals. They're not going not gonna to sign it under the table. Like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll sign a PTO and then, get a, and then get a big contract when the season starts. So, you know, I sympathize with a lot of people that are that are pissed at the Blues, but at the same time, you can't blame the Blues. It's it's something that happens all over the league. It's something that happens across all sports. Um, 
but it's just it's just interesting to me that that's still kind of a a thing that we got going on is just these these handshake deals like oh that's it's mm. a little it's a little weird that mike hoffman signed a pto and then all of a sudden every major news news source is like oh yeah no there's a there's a little secret deal there it's like, oh. yeah it's almost like back alley like black market right, kind of right thing. but it is it is it is a really interesting uh dynamic but i'll tell you what else is a really interesting dynamic is uh teams signing or trading for players from bad teams and then just kind of like revitalizing them because if you remember obviously buffalo was not <laughs> and still really isn't they're, they're getting there i feel bad for eichel but um the year before he came to St. Louis, uh, going back to the defensive forward thing as well, and I know a lot of people, like, it's it's not a great stat to use, but it's like the one when everyone talks about defensive forward uh, that, like, the easy one to look at is plus minus, right? And Ryan O'Reilly, the Selkie Award winner, definitely one of the best defensive forwards in the game, was a minus 23 with Buffalo the season before he came to St. Louis. And then this first season That's with St. Louis, he was a plus. Yeah, and then his first season with St. Louis, he's a plus 22. So I think I, – I, I don't think you can make the same – I don't think it's the same argument for Hoffman because he's not good as good defensively as Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but to say, like, he's he's a black hole on the ice defensively, I think is a little uh, – it's, it's not fair to him because of the supporting cast that he had. But if you also look, um, in terms of point production – Ryan O'Reilly had his best career year in goals, assists, and points his first year with the St. Louis Blues. So I feel like he kind of reached that like sweet release where like he didn't feel like he had to do everything by himself on his line or with his team, and he wasn't out there like alone. He could just play comfortably um, and had people that could finish on either side of him. So his point production went up, and I feel like especially with a guy like Hoffman who has such a lethal shot and is so good offensively and on the power play I feel like he could have a career year as well and I think yeah. D- uh, Doug Armstrong saw the same thing and that's why he pulled the trigger yeah absolutely and sort of going back to the whole character question thing that came with Hoffman that came with O'Reilly et cetera, et cetera. I think it all kind of ties together nicely in in just the sense that I don't I think the Blues are very much a no-nonsense organization and I think that exactly I think that even if you want to make a big big leap that ties into the reason why they didn't re-sign Petrangelo and didn't offer the didn't offer the no movement clause or whatever because if you look and it was kind of subtle but uh the, their statement was we don't want to give a player more power than the owner and i think it's all all of that sort of um comes into the into the general consensus of you got this is a hockey team we don't want big personalities or big egos dominating we don't want drama we don't want anything you know obviously i'm not saying alex Petrangelo would have abused his power over no movement clause but that's that was the logic behind it was they didn't want some player to have infinitely more power than every other player on the team and create drama and create rifts etc cetera, etc cetera. and we saw it with ryan o'reilly came in had a career year regained his love for hockey became the captain um complete 180 from where he was in Buffalo with that exit interview saying he didn't love hockey anymore. Um, so if there's any place where a guy like Mike Hoffman, you know, not saying he's filled with drama, but a guy like Mike Hoffman who is maybe qu- questionable at worst in that area and not the best defensive player, et cetera, et cetera. If there's anywhere that he's going to, going to thrive, it's with this team. And I have no, I have no doubt that the best that Mike Hoffman could play this year will be with the Blues. 
if you can even just look at our system that we run, right? And we're like, we're so, we have such an emphasis on defensive play and defensive forwards. Like the fact, even if it turns out that Hoffman is the worst defensive forward we've ever seen in the NHL, which I don't think he is. But even if that happens, it's, we had Nail Yakupov for a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we, there's no reason we can't have one guy on our team that's not a two-way player. You know what I'm saying? Especially if he's putting up 30, 35 goals a season on the brink of 40 um, in Vladimir Tarasenko's absence. Like that's not, that's not the worst problem to have in the entire world, you know? Especially if he puts up 40 goals in a shortened season. That'd be crazy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be wild. All right. But before we continue, I do want to take one more one more short break because uh, I know we got a lot to talk about, but we are getting near the end of this one. So if you think Mike Hoffman's going to have a spectacular year, maybe you think he's a he's a little bit of a, a bit of a sleeper for, I don't know, who knows, the Maurice Richard, Richard. or something yeah. like that. And you and you and you're real confident, and you're just confident enough that you think you can make a lot of money from from putting a little That's bet not a down. Bad bet, honestly. No, and there's no better place to do that than BetOnline.ag. There is only one place that has you covered, and one place that we at Lockdown Blues trust, and that is BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your fifty percent welcome bonus. So if you think you're putting, you got some money down, you want to put some money down on Mike Hoffman or whatever it may be, you could put even fifty percent more thanks to the Locked On welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online or sportsbook. Experts, go visit them on uh, on social media at betonline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. You can sign up for a free account, and again, use that promo code Locked On for your free sign up bonus. Don't miss out. The odds are changing every single day. You got a you got a good idea that you don't think anyone else has. Check them out. Don't miss out. Betonline.ag promo code Locked On, and we'll be right back with the end of today's episode. All right, Tom, you want to just spend the rest of this episode talking about Mike Hoffman and, and shift the injury news for, for the next one? Because I think that's where we're Honestly, headed. yeah, kind of, because I was headed. thinking, like, bro, I, I you talking about using bet online, bro, and the more I think about it, like, he is a sleeper pick. You could make a lot of money for him for Richard because if you think about it, no matter how bad he plays, they drop him to the second line, third line. He's The playmakers he's playing with would be like either Schwartz and Shen or Ryan O'Reilly or Robert Thomas. So any of those guys feeding him passes, he's going to be potting goals all day. Yep. That's nasty. Yep. Yep. And you, I know you were talking about this earlier and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an arbitrary stat, but his shooting percentage over the past few years has been up around 14%, which is bordering on that elite sniper range um and you even look back you know that his last year with ottawa had an atrocious year shooting 8.6 percent that's like Jaden schwartz two years ago bad whenever he was snake bitten uh still put up 20 still put up 22 goals and 34 assists for 56 points um the more I look at his stats, 59 points in 69 games last year with the Panthers, the more that I realize, damn, the Blues got themselves an elite potential all-star talent in Mike Hoffman. Yeah, to put it in, just in a perspective, the last two seasons, Alexander Ovechkin's shooting percentage has been 15. Yep. And and Hoffman's was 14 and 13. Yep. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not calling him the same player, but that's pretty good company to be in right around that range. And yeah, and I feel like 
I feel like one of the biggest frustrations in in years past with the Blues is not to say just their shooting percentage, but has been sort of the lack of finishing. You know, I I feel like that's what they've struggled with a lot. There's when you know when Jaden Schwartz was snake bitten, when we finish in last place. I feel like the whole the whole issue, and even if you look back at the Vancouver series, um, one of the biggest glaring issues with the, with this team was their lack of finishing ability. You know, um, yep. Tarasenko is obviously a spectacular finisher. He's got a wicked wrister, but doesn't take a lot of one-timers. Not the best guy in the power play. And all of a sudden, you're bringing in Mike Hoffman, who, you know, he's not one-timer expert, but he can take him here and there. And he, He's shooting at a 14% clip, and he is, by all definitions, a finisher. Everything that this team needs. My God, we didn't even talk about the one-timers, dude, because we the talked about that for teams. so long, so long on the power play. And just like for whatever reason, Vladdy just refuses to take one-timers. And if he's not comfortable taking one-timers, I don't want him to take them. But we need somebody ripping one-tees on the on the power play. And David Perron's done it a couple times. He's got that sniper shot. But having a guy uh, on the other side where you can do cross-crease passes, you can just slam him home is essential to a productive power play and i feel like mike hoffman provides i just that. googled mike hoffman one-timer and i see mike hoffman unleashes a wicked one-timer hoffman rips one-timer past smith hoffman blasts a one-timer hoffman rifles home a one-timer hoffman blasts a one-timer hoff oh here's my favorite one from march 8 2019 hoffman nets one-timer for power play goal this is bread and butter mm-hmm. tommy Yep, that's what I'm saying. It's bread and butter. I wish they had. I wish. I'm sure somewhere there's we could find it in some like the deep depths of the internet. But I wish they had stats of like just how many. Yeah, just one timers taken and how many goals scored off one timers and like shooting percentage just off of one. Well, Tommy, you know what? You know what clearly happened, right? It's Doug Armstrong listened to our podcast when he went shit. These guys are right. We do need better one time takers. Better Mm -hmm. one timers. And he Google and he Googled exactly what I just Googled and he said, Oh man, Mike Hoffman's good at those. And he signed them. Yeah. No, but in all yeah. in all seriousness, he just checked it out with his burner account. In all, in all seriousness, it's funny that something that was kind of so such a, a passing comment by us. We probably talked about it on one or two podcasts. Like, damn, this team would be so good if we brought in someone that could rip pucks on the one timer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just goes to show how good Doug Armstrong is and how underrated this signing is. It's something that we didn't even remember that we talked about as one of the biggest needs for this team has all of a sudden been filled. It's kind of like a domino effect too, right? Because you bring in a guy of this caliber and it kind of like jostles the position of everybody else. So I think it bodes well for Jordan Cairo too because he's going to get someone on his line that's a lot more skilled than he would have uh, if Hoffman wasn't here. Uh, and I don't think, I mean, we, we can talk about this in another episode, but I don't, I don't think Jordan Jordan Cairo being on the fourth line is the answer to any situation. Uh, I like, I forgot who said it, uh, probably a couple people on Twitter, but I like the idea of how Robert Thomas was uh, productive in the playoffs on the third line uh, with Maroon and Bozak. I feel like Cairo could be that same kind of archetype. Uh, so if Bozak is on that line as well and you just slot someone else in there, uh, I feel like that's the key to getting Cairo to produce uh, in a baby step formation, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. All right, I tell you what, Tommy, we are getting real close to the end of today's episode. So unfortunately, as much fun as I have, I'm having talking about this, we got to wrap this one up. Um, but it ties in perfectly to say, check out the 
next few episodes we have coming out this week. One of them will be everything that we didn't get to on this current episode being maybe more Mike Kaufman talk, a couple of injury news around the, around the league, and also Ryan O'Reilly's the captain. We haven't talked about that yet. So we'll be getting into that. And then, oh yeah, part two of the Robert Thomas interview. That's happening as well. We're just loaded. Oh my content for you if you're if you're not hitting that subscribe or follow button on on our podcast page what are you doing we got so much heat so much i'll be at blues i'll be at blues training camp too so if you see me come say hey well if they let us in i don't even know if they're gonna let us in yet but if they do let us in i will be there because i'm off work so if you see me some come say hey just make sure you stay away six feet um yep but I'll give you a little, little, little white boy head nod, and we'll, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll do the thing. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnBlues. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 or 15 and Josh at Josh Hyman NHL. But as always, yes, let's go Blues.